Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband Jed. I hope you'll join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family. Because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate, and I have Taylor Phillips here joining me today. Thank you, Taylor, for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to interview you. And Taylor, just so everyone knows who's listening, is an author, a podcast host, a business owner, so all the stuff. <laughs> and I'm going to let her elaborate on those things. She lives in Oklahoma, which is pretty mm -hmm. cool, small town of Oklahoma. Um, and I wanted to interview you because of this book that you've just released, um, Training mm -hmm. Ground. And so mm -hmm. I want to hear all about that. But before yes. we jump in, tell us about you. Tell us about these different things you've got going on from writing books to podcasting and being a business owner. Yeah, absolutely. So I would probably classify myself as multi-passionate, obviously, because I can't decide what I want to be when I grow up. So I just be all the things. Um, in reality, it's just chasing what I believe God has for me in the moment. Um, and so, like you said, um, author, training ground from anointing to appointing released at uh, January, the beginning of this year. And um, shortly on the heels of that book release, I started my own podcast called Triple Threat with Tay. Um, and it is really geared toward equipping the whole Christian spirit, soul, and body and helping them walk in wholeness as I believe God has intended. And just having all the conversations around that from spiritual growth, mental health, physical health, spiritual health, all the things. Um, and then my business, I started in July after running for three years called MNH Marketing. And I just recently shifted into brand and marketing strategy from social media management. So I, yeah, I live in Oklahoma with my husband and two dogs and our horses. And that's it's pretty much me in a nutshell. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I love it. Well, I want to hear all about this book. So we're going to jump right in. I mean, I think my first question for all authors is like, what led you to write this book? Because I think probably other people have thoughts or ideas that they might put into it, you know, in their mind mm -hmm. could be a book, but then to actually do it, there's got to be a whole journey to that mm -hmm. place. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So funny story. I didn't know that Training Ground was going to be my first book. I've known since I was 20 that writing books and speaking, that's something I would have always wanted to do. But I think I was just waiting on this lightning bolt from heaven to be like, this is the book you're going to write. And I was not getting it. So I thought, okay, well, maybe maybe it's just not a thing, you know, whatever. So I was having a conversation with a friend about just the subject of self-promotion and putting yourself in a position for people to notice you and putting yourself in places that maybe it's not time for you to be yet and really forcing the timing of God. And she looked at me, she goes, Tay, that is a book. You do realize that, right? And I'm like, no. Went home that night and I wrote three chapters and literally the rest is history. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. And did you say that you knew early on that you knew you would want to write? I know when you mm -hmm. said you're 20, but is this like a long time thing you thought? Yeah, that, oh, was, that, was, that was about 10 years ago. So I'm 30 now. So okay. yeah, that was about 10 years ago that I knew. I mean, 
English has always been a strong suit for me. Writing has always been a strong suit. You know, teachers have a tendency to call that out in students and and writing was something I loved. It was kind of an outlet for me. So I always had like this pipe dream of being an author. Um, And only recently did I realize that this is real. This is a career. It's not a pipe dream, but. That's so cool. So awesome. I love that. So maybe in a nutshell, you know, without, you know, giving the whole thing away so people will still go and get the book and read it. Could you put the book in a nutshell to give us a foundation for what this is about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So in a nutshell, we know whether it's obvious or not, we have this inkling inside of of us that this is what I've been placed on the earth to do, or maybe this is what I've been placed on earth to do. We're always chasing purpose. We're always chasing passion. But the problem is that there's 450,000 blueprints for pursuing something. And in reality, God has placed a blueprint within each one of us. And our job is to pursue him as he unravels that blueprint. And so in the book, I talk about Abraham and how, you know, he was called to leave a land that was familiar to him and just travel something that was completely unfamiliar. And not only that, but as we journey from what I call anointing to appointing from the anointing, knowing what you're called to do to actually walking that out, there's this journey, a training ground. There you go. Of sorts where our person, our flesh is just uh, sanctified. And uh, really we're having to um, just really be made into the image of God and are transforming our thoughts and our actions and the way we walk things out from humility to honor, to uh, walking in the timing of God, to being obedient and everything in between. And so I feel like you always see everybody's end result, but nobody talks about the hard process. Nobody talks about the refining process of walking it out. And so I wrote that. That's that's what I wrote was the that in-between journey, the hard place and how you can walk that out effectively and in a way that glorifies God. And is it, would you say your story in there or would you say it's more of a manual for all people, more generic? It's a little bit of both. I mean, okay. as an author, you always want to include, well, I mean, unless you're like a fiction writer, you always want to include a little bit of your story, but there, it is my husband and I story. It, it truly is, but it's not so much like a biography, you know. Right. Um, it is, it is a little bit of my story with uh, relevant and realistic mm-hmm. tips to walk through that out. Walk through that. Well, I think about that. Like with David, I've heard teachers talk about that. It's like David was called by God when he was a little shepherd boy and then doesn't become king until years later. But that's not where we spend a lot of time thinking about Mm -hmm. this training ground that he Mm -hmm. had to prepare for kingship, to lead people, to walk with God, with um, character. Yeah. I actually cover David in my book as well (laughs) of just how, how that time, uh, you know, he was anointed as a young boy and it was Mm -hmm. years, like you said, before he walked that out, but had he not uh, served under Saul, he would not have known what it meant to be king or what it looked like to be king. Had he not shepherded his sheep, he would not have known what it meant to lead people. And so just the, the different things that we experience in life and how they actually go into what it is God has called us to do. Mm When you made the comment, like you were waiting for God to kind of like thunderbolt down this book you were going to write and it didn't happen that way. Our pastor always says like, you know, he's always looking down into his Cheerios and looking for the will of God. And it always just says, ooh, ah, you know, so 
I guess my question to you is why do you think people get stuck following God's will? Because I've heard, I think our pastor say like, God's will is not lost. Mm -hmm. It's not for us to find necessarily. It's there, Mm -hmm. but it's more complicated than that. Yeah. This is such a great question. And I'm so glad that you asked this because it made me really stop and think about it. Um, Because in all honesty, I feel like we reach a point of feeling stuck because we make it too complicated. We Mm -hmm. think that following God's will is going to be the step-by-step process. That's the exact same for everybody else. Um, In reality, it's simply being obedient to his leading. It's getting to know him, getting to know Holy Spirit. So when we feel those promptings, um, we know, okay, is this wrapped in peace or is this chaos? And, you know, I feel like a lot of times we're moving in chaos instead of moving in peace, which you know, when you when you spend time in the word, you see a characteristic of God is peace and chaos is not of the Lord. And so when we move in chaos, that's when we have a tendency to get out of the will of God, in my personal opinion. Um, and in addition to that, being disobedient to what God is asking us to do can get us out of the will of God uh, pretty quick. But anyway, um, yeah, like I said, it, it's simply being obedient to him, following his leading, getting to know his character through his word. Um, and his leading's never void of peace. You know, I in every decision I've ever made, my husband has just been so good at making sure that this is a thing in any decision we make is, is there peace? That is the number one indicator that we can move forward in a situation of, okay, we've spent time in prayer about it. What is the overarching theme or the feeling, you know, mm-hmm. is, is that peace? Uh, because God's leading is never void of peace. Uh, there's the normal nervousness about pursuing the next step, but it's just like you're just wrapped in peace and you know, okay, this is it. This is the step I need to take because I know who God is. Yeah. So you've titled this training ground. I'm curious if that was a hard title to come up with. You've mentioned it's kind of like the in-between, you know, Moses um, being called and then going, Abraham being called, then going, David, all these things. Um, I've heard people say like the dash between yeah. you know your birth and your death, that dash point, like this is your training ground. Um, where did that come from? Do you have anything else to share about what this looks like specifically for us as Christians? I don't actually remember how training ground became a thing because, um, at first my title was accelerate going while you're growing. And then as I just kind of got into it, I'm like, this is, this is just, this isn't the title. This is not the title for the book. And I think it came through prayer really of just like, Lord, what is this? And I just kept hearing training manual, you know, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of people who had read a little bit and knew kind of my heart behind the subject, they're like, this is a training manual. And I'm like, okay, we'll just go with some. And I think I just wrote down different ideas. So I cannot honestly answer that question as to yes. where it came from, because yeah. I, I don't know. It just Organically through the process. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And would you say like in your story, is this a a multiple occurrence? Like there's training ground, you know, and school and marriage and parenting Mm -hmm. and whatever God has called you to, that this isn't like a one and done thing. There's multiple seasons of training. Yes, absolutely. So uh, this book is really like the last 10 years of, you know, really walking through a refining process. And even now I'm going back and I'm seeing the training process that I'm still in. And the thing is, is like, 
once you realize that you're in training, it's just not something that ever leaves you. I mean, you think about basketball or swimming or volleyball, any sport, military, whatever you think of, you don't forget the training. It's something that's just ingrained in you from from the moment that you start until the end. You know, the game's just simply the result of what you've trained for. And that's the same with what it is God has called us to do. I mean, you don't forget the training. It's just there might be moments where you're like, oh, that took a little bit longer for me for me to grasp. But for mm-hmm. the most part, it's just a continual refinement process. And then this whole idea from anointing to appointing. Mm-hmm. Talk through that a little bit more, because I think kind of like you were saying, you were waiting for the thunder bolt lightning strike of what this book would be. I think all of us can have that idea of God of like, we're just, we're still waiting. We're still waiting. We don't know what our calling is or what our purpose is. And we think it's got to be this big elaborate title or this big thing that is maybe not. I mean, if we're a mom, it might be just training our little ones um, to love the Lord, which is a huge calling, but in the mundane of diaper changes and Mm -hmm you know, snack time and nap time, it doesn't feel like this big calling of mm-hmm. someone who's overseas serving in that capacity. So mm-hmm. talk about this moving from anointing to appointing. And what does that look like for the everyday believer that maybe is waiting for what that is in their life? I really think it's just a mindset change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because like you said, our seasons are so different. I'm not a mom. So my season's going to look different than somebody who has children um, and their season's going to look different depending on how old their kids are. But the fact of the matter is, is we have all been called. We have all been anointed and we've all been positioned for a purpose in this world to make an impact, whether that's changing diapers at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. um, cleaning up messes that toddlers have made or dealing with attitude from teenagers or dealing Mm -hmm. with kids going away to college or anything in between, Uh, whether you're a business owner or you're an employee or you're in vocational ministry. There's, I don't know where we got this idea that our calling had to be massive because it's just, that's not, I Mm -hmm. I don't like, I don't understand that's not, it's not scriptural, you know, anywhere because God can multiply us where we're at. And it, and it often looks different. I was reading in Isaiah the other day, um, Isaiah 55, where it talks about his ways are higher than our ways. But as if you read through that, um, he starts kind of unfolding this upside down kingdom of sorts of the way that God does things versus the way that we do things, you know. And so the way that we would think that our callings need to be walked out, that's not the way that God's going to see that. You know, he might be like, OK, your season now is to raise these children. Mm -hmm. And it is to understand that you have been anointed for this specific purpose. And you walk that out with uh, confidence, with understanding, with daily surrender of like, Lord, how am I going to raise these kids? If he's called you to be a business owner in that season, it's understanding you've been anointed for that. And that your calling, and this is another thing that um, I've really had to work with personally, your calling isn't just one and done. It's not just you're only supposed to be a mom and that's Mm -hmm. it. Uh, Because as life changes, you know, the season changes, all the things. But what happens when your kids are grown and they're going to college or maybe they're getting married and having their own babies? What's next? I think oftentimes we forget that when a season is over, uh, that there's another thing for us to walk out. And Mm -hmm. so it's just recognizing what that is, what God has placed within us, 
and accepting that as impactful because mm-hmm. You might be raising, like I've heard this before, you might be raising the next Billy Graham. You might be raising the next president. You might be raising the next CEO. You know, you have no idea what you're doing, where you're at, whether you're leading somebody better so that they can turn around and lead somebody in business or raising kids to, it's just the ripple effect is incredible. So I really think that it's just a mindset change in understanding where I'm at. I've been anointed for this purpose. Yeah. Is in your journey through this, let's say the last decade that you've been working through this refinement, sanctification, is there been a place where you felt stuck of like, this couldn't be my calling or that's not what I envisioned, a wrestling with God or resisting of his direction or leading? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think the hardest part for me um, was being hidden for a season, you know, and as an author, the standard is you've got to build your platform. You've got to have a lot of followers. You've got to make sure people know who you are, all the things. And there was a season of time for about four and a half years, um, actually longer than that, if I'm being completely honest, from the from the time I was 20, I'm 30 now, like I said, Um, I was 26 when I kind of got a taste of Mm. walking in it a little bit of like, okay, maybe I'm coming out of hiding, you know, because I had a blog for the longest time and I tried to send in articles and people were like, oh, this is too deep. So I faced rejection, so much rejection. And I'm like, but aren't we supposed to like the meat of the Bible? You know, anyway, so I digress there because I can go on a whole tangent. But a lot of being hidden and that being a struggle for me was also things that I had to work through of lies that I believed in past seasons. I thought that because he was hiding me, I wasn't good enough to do what he wanted me to do. And in reality, it was just a pruning process in order to be able to sustain and remain in the next season. And that is the biggest thing. We think, okay, he'd said, let's do this. And we think it needs to be done tomorrow. But there's mm-hmm. such a refining process that we go through. And it's not because he doesn't think we're capable. Doesn't think that it doesn't mean that we're disqualified by any means. He's just like, let's be refined so that the image you're bearing is the image of me and not the image of man. Because a lot of times when we move in our own timing, and I know there's the quote that it's like, if it's not in God's timing, you can't force it. If it is in God's timing, you can't stop it. I only agree to a point um, because I, Abraham and Sarah, I believe that you can create a cheap substitute of what God has promised based on moving forward. And, um, you know, oftentimes, especially in ministry, uh, we have a tendency to create a self-based gospel and lead people to us instead of true Jesus. And I believe that that is the biggest point training ground, whether, like I said, you're in vocational ministry, business, raising kids, whatever it is, being refined so much to the process that the image that's being created is the image of God, not the image of yourself. Definitely. I would think as you're going through this journey, God's opening your eyes to things that maybe you haven't seen before. So you have all this awareness. Mm-hmm. Are you noticing it in your friends and your family and like seeing them either resisting God's calling on them or wrestling with it or rejecting it all together? I would just think with this being so sweet to you and the Lord in your time that it would start being come evident in other people's lives. So that would be my first question. Then do you do anything about it? Or do you just sit back and watch God work in their lives? Um, 
that was a major struggle for me when I first started writing the book because I did see it. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, if you only knew, learn from my mistakes. I promise. Mm -hmm. I've made enough mistakes and I'm not saying I have it perfect, but this is so much easier than the way you're drawing this. Then I did not have a a tangible copy of the message that I was writing. But now I can be like, hey, so I wrote on this and um, here you go. I, it is one of those things, though, that I don't just try and shove my book down people's throats. Yeah. Um, because when I was in that season of trying to force it, I thought I was in a good position. Mm-hmm. I thought that I was hearing correctly. And I thought that it was okay. And there are times that it is okay to just, you know, kind of move yourself into that position. But oftentimes, you're doing it at the wrong timing. So um, to answer that question, sometimes I'll be like, hey, I wrote a book about it. And then other times I just kind of have to let them learn because you can give as much advice as you want to somebody, but if they are not ready to receive what that Mm -hmm. is, there's, you're just, you're just wasting your breath, unfortunately. And as much as I would love to spend all my breath telling them like, listen, there is an easier way and you don't exactly have to do it my way, but just read my book and let the Lord reveal this to you because it is just it has solved so many problems and even now starting my own, my own business, it has not been as difficult as I thought it would be. Yeah. So. so cool. So what would you say to people who are listening that you want to encourage them to embrace their anointing, not resist it, not think like you were even saying you felt like maybe you weren't good enough and that's why you weren't getting the platform or the exposure that you thought you would get or wanted, but instead there was some pruning that was going on there. What would you say to those of us who are sitting back, maybe feeling frustrated that this isn't what I thought life was going to look like discouraged or feeling like, when will my time come? Those, you know, those types of questions and wrestling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess I'll kind of break that down a little bit. If the person, if there's somebody listening who thinks, um, I don't know if this is God, what if this isn't God? What if this Mm -hmm. isn't going to work out? How am I, you know, whatever. My statement to you would be, why not go for it? What's it going to hurt? I mean, it's like, obviously, you know, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, if there's a huge financial risk to it, if there, you know, something like that, Yes, spend some time in prayer, bring on other people to help confirm that. Mm-hmm. But what's what's wrong with taking the risk? Like what's mm-hmm. going to happen if you don't? So if you if you take the risk and you it doesn't end up working out, where are you going to be? Are you going to feel better than if you just sat here wondering, is this what I'm supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I've done things. It's just, you know, again, I go back to peace. Is there peace in this? If there mm-hmm. is peace, I'm going to take the jump. I mean, why not? <laughs> Yeah. Why not? What's what ha- what would happen if it were to work out, you know, um, for somebody who doesn't feel like they're good enough and that maybe God really doesn't want to use them. Um, I would say you're part of the body of Christ and he mm-hmm. has a purpose for you and to dare to believe that God is who he says he is and his word is true. Um, I'm actually working on my second book wrapped in identity and identity crisis and really going to be discussing that topic. But Uh, dare to believe, dare to believe that God is who he says he is. And Mm -hmm. he has a purpose for you because oftentimes it's condemnation from the enemy that is keeping us from the full feast of what God has for us. Um, And if you're just facing discouragement, like when is this going to happen for me? I hated hearing this whenever I was in that moment, but um, 
I mean, think about Joseph and Abraham and all of those people that had to wait. And I'm praying that you're not going to have to wait 75 years or 13 years or 15 years, but be faithful in the small. That mm-hmm. has just paid dividends wherever it is. Um, Jim Elliott, I read a quote that whatever it is you believe God has called you to do, live to the hilt of that. Mm-hmm. Um, be all there. And that is what I would say if you feel like you're hidden, you're a little bit discouraged. When is this going to happen for me? Be all there. Don't back down because you're throwing a temper tantrum because you're not being seen or you're not walking in it. Be faithful in the small. Ask the Lord how you can serve in that moment. Mm -hmm. Ask the Lord how you can practice your gifts. I mean, I have notebooks upon notebooks upon notebooks of my writing that was never published that is now actually my book. Because for years, I'm like, Lord, this has got to go somewhere. And he said, write it in a notebook. And I did. And I was so frustrated because I'm like, this somebody needs to read this. And it wasn't time yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all have a specific group of people that we are called to reach. And sometimes they're not ready to receive the message when you're ready to give it. And so mm-hmm. not only is he preparing you, but he's preparing those that will be on the, the receiving end of whatever it is he's called you to do. And with the business that you have, the marketing, I mean, is this a Christian organization or it is a Christian organization? Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. So my main focus is Christian business owners, Christian individuals, you know, who authors, cool. um, something like that. So it actually stands for Milk and Honey Marketing. It has nothing to do with my name, obviously, mm-hmm. but just helping Christians come out of hiding and embrace that it's okay to be a Christian business owner. It's okay to succeed in the business industry and it's okay to market yourself. That was going to be my question. Cause it's like, you know, I'm a real estate agent. That's a secular job. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, that's still something that I, you know, it's not like we compartmentalize our faith to Sunday morning at church yeah. and then it doesn't impact the rest of our life. So it's like, mm-hmm. whether I'm helping someone talk through, the process of buying or selling a home or sharing the gospel with my three-year-old. And mm-hmm. again, they still have kingdom influence. Yes. Um, so I was just thinking what that looked like in the business realm for you, yeah. but it's like empowering other Christians. Yeah. To- and that's, that's kind of why I moved from social media marketing to branding is because I feel like there are a lot of Christians who are in this impasse of, well, how can I be a Christian and be in business at the same time? And it's, it's all about the experience, the way you're treating people, how your transaction, you know, what the transaction looks like. And so really just kind of creating the solidification in the mind through brand strategy. Like you have a purpose for this and there is a way to walk this out and you don't have to have the name Christian in anything of your business, but you better be walking it out kind of thing. So also like a leadership, Christian leadership development too. Yeah. And then, I mean, for me, it's like such a piece of accountability because I work with a lot of Christians, which is awesome. And I love watching God. Like he lets me just like sit in the movie theater, watching him play out his story in their life. And I get to be a part of it. Um, But he's doing his thing. I'm just here watching, you know, at the movie theater, eating popcorn. But at the same time, it's like, I have to remember every frustration that I want to voice every short tone and um, just remember like who I'm talking to, why I'm talking to them. What, what is the purpose of what I'm doing? All mm-hmm. those things that mm-hmm. I think if you are in the secular realm, you can easily get just washed away into forgetting all of those values Yes, um, and get lost in it. Yeah. And people don't see you as any different. I mean, I think the most horrific thing I could think of is, you know, working with 
let's say a believer and, you know, five years down the road, we're in a Bible study together. And they're like, you know, you helped us buy our house five years ago. I had no idea you were a Christian. Yeah. That would be horrific because mm-hmm. if that's the most important thing about me, they didn't know that when we did yeah. a very um, important business deal together in their life, then I missed it. You know, I'm so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you think about like the big name Christian brand influencers of, of those who maybe start a, like an outside ministry of sorts. And then all of a sudden their individual life is impacting that business because of how they treated people. And I'm like, listen, you cannot separate business and yourself. Like Mm -hmm. whether you're a business brand or not, you're still very much a personal brand. And yeah, just, I, I'm so big on that. I'm so big on that. Like that is a, it it is very true. It is very true. Your, how you treat people will impact your voice for the kingdom of God. So this second book's coming out. Do you know when it will be released? No, I'm actually, I just started writing it at the beginning of November. And so I'm hoping to have that completed sometime shortly after the new year. So I can get that sent in, but I hopefully the end of 2022, but maybe 2023. Okay. Very cool. Well, I want to keep my eye out for it. So excited for you and what you're doing. Thank you for sharing all this with me and all my listeners. And um, I hope, you know, to stay in touch with you and see more and more books come out from you. Thanks for leaning into your passion and encouraging others to do the same. Thank you so much for having me and for the conversation. Absolutely. Well, I will see everybody next week, but thank you again, Taylor. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. See you. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home, where it all begins.